Well, you know, at the end of uh, the section last week where it talked about Abel, and it's interesting that it said, though he is dead, he still speaks. Then it goes into this next verse, and it's one who did not die. Everybody dies. This one man did not die. Enoch, he was taken up so that he would not see death. Abel was taken very quickly as he obeyed God, did the right sacrifice and worship. And now we see one who walked with God for 300 years. And he was just taken up. God does things differently with each person. We all have faith if we're truly Christians, right? But it's kind of interesting that He takes one quickly and another one not so quickly. And then some people live three times as long as He lived. That's incredible, isn't it? God knows what He's doing as He works His plan. It's all been preordained how long we will live, what we'll do in our lives. I am glad that God is in control. And He knows what the next instant is going to be for us, the next moment. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I'm very glad that He doesn't show me beforehand. I'd like to know beforehand. That's the problem. And this is where faith comes in. Just trusting trusting in that. So, now we get into the second example of the Old Testament saints. gives an illustration here of living faith. I mean, this is real walk-by-faith stuff right here in this section. In Hebrews 10.38, we keep going back to this, but he says, but my righteous ones shall live by faith. They shall walk by faith. Every moment, constantly living faith. And so now we get Enoch. It's a very short biography of Enoch. We have like one verse, uh, maybe two verses there, but I think it actually says a lot. I think we get a whole life here just in this one verse. It tells a great deal about Enoch, doesn't it? I think it definitely tells us that he was a man of God. He had very close communion going to be dealing with that. I think his children had a great advantage as he spoke about the Lord, as he lived the Lord. It tells us what the kind of a husband he would have been. If he's walking with God, he's going to be a great father. He's going to be a great husband if you're walking with God. You're going to love your neighbor, right? Love God, love your neighbor. Works hand in hand. It tells us that he had to be a great neighbor, doesn't it? So I don't see that. Well, if he's walking with God, then he's going to be loving his neighbor. Tells us that he had to be a great citizen, doesn't it? He was a great citizen. I think it tells us that he had to be quite the worker. Do your work heartily as unto the Lord, right? So if you're filled with God's Spirit, if you're walking with God, then it's going to show outwardly in your family life, in your work life, in your citizen life, uh, your neighborly life, whatever. I think we get a tremendous complete biography here in verse 5. By faith, 
Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death and he was not found because God took him up for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up he was pleasing to God. You say, where's the walk at? Well, there's another place in the Bible where it talks about pleasing but yet it uses another term, walking. And we will we will study that and, and look at that. It's... Um, Definitely a suggestive statement. There are sometimes there are a few more complete biographies than maybe Enoch. Uh, you can think of Abraham, and he has quite a few chapters dedicated to his life. But you look at Enoch, and I think we know all we need to know about Enoch. He knew God. He pursued God. So let's turn back to Genesis chapter five, verse twenty-one through twenty-four, and let's get a little bit of what faith looks like by looking at Enoch. This time it's more than one verse. We get 21 through 24 here. That's four verses. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. That's exciting right there. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. That's a great section. And if you were reading this for the first time, you go, what? (laughs) This is crazy. Okay, 65 years, and he becomes a father. He was like older than me. (laughs) Older than dirt. (laughs) At 65, became the father of Methuselah. Then he walked with God 300 years after that. He had other children... After 65? So his days were 365 years. That's rather remarkable. Of course, this is the time before the flood and people lived for hundreds of years, did they not? He must have looked pretty good. (laughs) He had to look great. Because he was young at 365. (laughs) To make sons and daughters. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. kind of... It is, you know, and and I try to be reverent here, but there's there's a little bit of almost like a little bit of humor here, if we can take this reverently, in the sense that, you know, and God is just telling us here's the fact. To us, it seems rather strange, but that was normal, uh, not so normal to walk with God. It was a, a very evil time. We'll be speaking about that, but. Uh, there it is, you know. You know, we we smile. You know, the sixty-five years becoming a father, and of course, that is not unusual at all back then. And for hundreds of years, they could they could do that. They could bear children. It's hard for us to imagine that today, isn't it? I mean, once you're past what forty, it's pretty well over. Forty some odd, some fifty. Some uh, there there you go. Bob can attest for that, right? <laughs> but. Um, I mean, we're talking hundreds of years here. He walked with God and then He was not. 
God took him. It's a great picture of the, the rapture. And that is a great promise for us. We will be taken up. We'll meet Him in the air. It could be in our, before we die. Or it could be after we have died and fallen asleep. Our bodies are resurrected. Or we could be right here and within five minutes, who knows? Boom, He just takes us. That'd be okay with me. <laughs> what about you guys? This is remarkable. Enoch lived... It's taken up. Now, it's interesting. As you're in Genesis 5, just, just back up a little bit. Look at verse 5. And it's dealing with Adam. And here's an ongoing re- repetition in these verses that I'm going to read before the time of Enoch. So all the days of Adam lived were 930 years. Adam went 930 years. Almost three times as much as Enoch will. And he, what? And he died. Seth, in this line there of Adam, lived 105 years and became the father of Enosh. Look down at verse 8. So all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. Enosh lived 90 years, became the father of Canaan. Read on down, verse 11. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. What do we have? 930, then 912, and 905. <clears throat> Pretty close. <clears throat> Seems to be decreasing a little bit, though. But then we're going to increase a little bit here. Canaan lived 70 years and became the father of Mahalalel. Verse 14, So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Mahalalel, uh, verse 17, So all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and... He died. Jared, next in line, verse 20, So all the days of Jared were 962 years. Oh, we really increased there. And he died. This is before the flood. You notice an ongoing pattern? Most of them lived to be 900 or so years. Enoch lived 65 years, came the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 300 years after. He became the father of Methuselah. He had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. That's our theme. And he was not, for God took him. He did not die. Abel died. Everybody else died. But this guy, Enoch does not die. Has a son by the name of Methuselah. There's something that really makes an impact with that word Methuselah. Not just because he lived to be the oldest man that ever lived on the face of this earth. Almost a thousand years, right? What did it say? How much? How long did he live? 969. Methuselah means this. Are there various takes off this, but I believe that this is very, very more than possible. When he is dead, it will be silent. Something along that lines. Some think that there, you know there's a miss. What what he's dealing with? There's a judgment here. When Methuselah is dead, it will be silent. He's carrying around by his name that there's going to be judgment. 
the flood is coming. He's not really saying the flood, but at this, really, he's saying there's going to be judgment. And it may have been given. The reason he had the name Methuselah, it's possible. I'm just reading into this, so you know, don't take this as scripture. But it's very possible that Methuselah could have gotten a word from God. What did I say, Methuselah? Enoch. Enoch. Correct me. We go through a lot of these Old Testament names. I need help. <laughs> Maybe Enoch could have gotten from God that name him Methuselah. And he goes, Lord, you know what that means? It's going to be judgment. The flood is coming. There was already wickedness in the world at this time. You already know about Cain, right? And of course, there's the line of Cain. That unbelieving line. It was already operative here. Um, there's going to be a flood. This is the days before the flood. Um, so maybe the Lord is telling him that. Maybe He didn't. Somehow that name comes about. Those names in the Old Testament really mean something. Names really mean something. And there should be good names that we give our children that would have something relating to God. Because that's what they're... Uh, names would do. So anyway, he walked with God 300 years. What an extraordinary life. 300 years walking with God. And his son lives the longest of any man in history. And he proclaims the whole time with his name that there would be judgment by, by, by God and Methuselah would live until that judgment came. And then he'd be taken. He would die. Now we go back to our Hebrews. We're going to be using Hebrews 11 and Genesis here today quite a lot. And remember those those two key words, by faith. By faith, Enoch was taken up. Now it's not that he knew that he was going to be translated or taken up in that way, but he knew that he would spend eternity with God because he believed God. He believed God that would be the one that he would have presence with. That he would leave this world at some time and go to be with God personally. God chose Enoch to be the illustration of that, the very living illustration of that. He knew that this next portion of life would be leaving this veil of tears that sometimes we live in. It's a world of sin. And He would enter into the very presence of God. The word therefore taken up is translated. Uh, It's an inexplicable disappearance. It's to be snatched. It's to be taken away. It's to be taken up. That's what happened to Him. And it also literally means to be moved to another spot. To be here and then put somewhere else. Just like that. Physically. This happened later on in history. And to us, we will look back in history, look at 2 Kings chapter 2. And Bob, I heard that. And that's the very next one. We'll look at the Old Testament example and then we'll look at uh, Philip. This is Elijah, 2 Kings 2.11. Did I say Elijah? 
Okay, this is Elijah. And of course, we know he was taken up in a whirlwind, right? Matter of fact, if you look in verse 1, it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven. That's the context. Verse 10, he says, He said, You have asked a hard thing. Elijah says, Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, translated, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. He says, He's telling him here that there's going to be a, a, a taking up, a translating of him. It's, it's going to disappear. And it did happen. If we looked at verse 12, no, verse 11. As they were going along and talking, Elijah and Elisha, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire which separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. You have to like that, don't you, Elijah? Your parents knew what they were doing when they gave you this name. Elijah was a strong prophet. And a prophet who walked with God, talked with God, spoke the things of God, didn't he? That's a great name. Of course, the last three letters, Jah or Jehovah or Yah, Yahweh. So they had a lot of names that dealt with that. And of course, um, El and such you'll see in names that deal with God. Right? God is Jehovah, that kind of thing. So, went up by a whirlwind to heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. Uh, he'd be overwhelmed. You're with somebody and he's not there. He's gone. You think, I mean, he, he, I mean, he's the whirlwind, the, the, the chariots sees this and he's gone. Now we have to go to the New Testament. Very early in the days of the church, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 39. This is the one Bob was jumping on to right here. Can't help but think of this, can we? This is dealing with the chariot at first. You said one spot to another, and that's what. One spot, and that's exactly what he did. He literally went, but it was here on earth. So he went from one place on earth to another place on earth. Elijah went from earth to heaven. Enoch went from earth to heaven. So this one is not quite as glorious, but pretty amazing. Transporter. The the transport. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to put this into into movie? Can you imagine Hollywood doing this? Verse 39, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. There's our word. Snatched. Translated. Took him away. The eunuch no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing. <laughs> so this is what happens. But Philip found himself at Azotus. <laughs> All of a sudden, from one instant to the next, zoop like that, he goes, Wow. What a trip. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> what? Where's this at? <laughs> I wonder if he had been to Azotus before. So he just kept preaching. Well, you know, what else to do, right? He'd certainly be wanting to preach now, wouldn't you? 
Oh boy, that's great. Translated. It's a supersonic, supernatural way of travel. I'm sure every one of us wouldn't mind that kind of traveling. I have to think if that's what's going to kind of happen with our glorified bodies, that uh, we'll just go from one place to another. Oh, I think I'll go there. You're there. Yeah, but that was 500 miles away. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Enoch used to take long walks with God. Communion. Talking with God. Do you guys do that? Well, if you're Christian, you do. You talk with God. And He walks with me and He talks with me. Tells me I'm His own. Beautiful. That's a relationship. That's what Christianity really is, folks. I know week after week, sometimes I talk about some things that sound so bad and so hard. I know it. And it's like, the humanness of me would like to just say nothing but all positive things. That's what the world does. There are enough positive things I think I'm bringing that far outweighs the negative things. And by the way, negative things happen to you whether you're a believer or unbeliever. The only thing is is that these negative things can work out for the good to those who love God. They're called according to His purpose. One day... Even though Enoch is living in a very sinful world, as he walked with God and he's having just a great time with the Lord, God says, Hey, this is a long walk. We've walked so far. The Lord said to Enoch, You know, we've walked so far together here, Enoch. You better just come on home with me. <laughs> You're not even gonna die. Just come on. He just he just walked and walked walked right off the face of the earth. <laughs> he just God translated him. That's it. Did he have some kind of a glorified body? I, I don't know what to tell you on this. It doesn't tell us. All we know he was translated. I have to wonder is it tra- glorified? It doesn't matter. He's with God. And it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, his body never died. So, it's just so the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Great thoughts. Well, you know, for us, it says in Colossians 13, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the sun. The kingdom of the sun is light. We were taken out of a dark world that we didn't know that was dark. As soon as we were put into where light was at, we go, oh, wow, I didn't know I was in the dark. Now I look at this wondrous, amazing light. We were translated. Look at that Colossians 1.13. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great to think of? He. Rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. So spiritually, this is what happened to us. We were transferred to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Spiritually, we're translated. We still wait for the day that our bodies are translated, but even right now we are in the kingdom of 
the Son in that kind of light, in redemption, in forgiveness of our sins. Well, let's go back to Hebrews 11. By faith. Abraham walked by faith, didn't he? He was taken up so that he would not see death. He did not die. And he was not found because God took him. He was not found. I think that's a stupendous miracle. What do you guys think? This is another one of those things where the world would say, fairy tale, all those Bible stories. What could Hollywood do with something like this? He walked with God. He was not. God took him. Can't you see this sign? Hollywood sign? Enoch's blast off. Successful. Enoch taken by God into heaven. Well, what could you do with that in our society? His supper is still sitting on the table. <laughs> yeah, his wife is saying, where's, where's Enoch? Where is that man? And the kids say, I don't know, where's he at? I was waiting out in the yard out there for him to show up. He, he was supposed to play with us. He's not here. Play with us? Well, wait a minute, I'm not so sure about that. He's 365, and how old are they? They could be a couple hundred years old or so, right? Maybe he had some other little kids over there. I wonder if they really sought for him. What well, says they didn't find him? He was not found. Where's Enoch? Didn't come home for dinner. Where's Dad? Where is he? He wasn't found because God took him up. God didn't necessarily leave a sign there, but He took him up. Took him up because He pleased God, actually. He was a man of faith. The people around him, they knew him as a man of faith. When he is gone, they looked for him. They didn't find him. But they knew what kind of man he was. They knew that he walked with God, literally and spiritually. They missed him. They couldn't find him. Guess what they had to come to the conclusion of? He's not around anywhere. That's not like him just to take off. God took him. We don't see his body. We don't see any remains. They never did. They could have looked and looked for days and days. They never found him. God took him. They knew where he hung out all the time. God took him. Don't you know they must have missed this godly man? The first left behind. <laughs> I'm hoping that his family were believers, right? Or some of them. There's no guarantee, is there? Testimony. He's a testimony. He obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Why was he pleasing? Back to Genesis 5.22. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. Verse 24. Enoch walked with God 
So twice we see the walked there. You don't see it in Hebrews 11, but you see something that parallels it and it means the same thing. He pleased God. He walked with God. We're not told specifically when Enoch's salvation came. When the faith began, it does say by faith Enoch was taken up. But can I make a suggestion? It's not something that I thought of. Many commentators say the same thing. It probably is true, but I won't tell you for sure. I think his beginning of his faith started whenever he had Methuselah. Maybe God came and told him, said, You're going to have a son. His name is Methuselah. He's going to talk. His name, of course, means judgment is coming. 65 years, and then he walked with God. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. Well, somebody could have said, Well, he could have been saved 30 years before this, and now he. Starts walking with God. Could be. Could be. But you know what? When we become saved, we start walking with God at that point. Maybe not as knowledgeable, but we pray to God, we read His Word. If we're not doing those things, then it shows we're really not Christians anyway, right? He walked with God. I think that he probably became a Christian at 65 years old when he had Methuselah. Maybe because God told him about Methuselah, or maybe he had this son. If he didn't talk with God there, God talked with him. He sees his son. He becomes a believer. What an amazing miracle it is when you see your firstborn or the rest of them born. Isn't it? You never lose that. You're you're in awe. You know, there is a beautiful being that comes from us. You know, the parents have their... I think that has happened many times. By fathers, mothers who look at their children, they see the stupendous work of God lying right there with them. I think faith probably began with the birth of this child. There's a sense of responsibility that one has whenever there's birth to a child. Now I'm responsible for raising this one. I don't know the slightest thing to do. How many mothers have said that? When they had their first one, I don't know what to do. And the, the father says, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Help me out here. you know." And, and there's trial and error, isn't there? As we raise those kids and we want to raise them up before the Lord if we're Christians, you know. Lord, what do I? How do I do this? You know, we we learn, we learn as we go with that. It's a great gift, isn't it? Great gift. Anyway, I think yeah, spirituality came there. A matter of walking with God. God was a companion. He was not a distant deity. This daily walk, intimate walk that Enoch had, I think, just grew and grew and grew and grew. What a relationship! What a tremendous thing. We find all of a sudden somebody here who has been reconciled and now he's walking in communion with God. There's a communion restored. What a beautiful thing. You know what? There are other 
Old Testament examples. Of course, the next one we'll look at is is going to be Noah. But if you look back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, in the days of evil, look at this. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was a believer, a man of faith. Blameless in his time, what happened? Noah walked with God. He walked. He lived. He communed with Him. He pursued God. That's what Christians do. They pursue God. He's living to them. Good way to check off your relationship if it's real or not. Do you live for Him? Do you pursue Him? Do you pursue His beauty and His majesty? Do you pursue Jesus Christ as being the Lord of your life? So there's Noah. Uh, You look in Genesis 48. Right at the end of his life, get a get a testimony. Here you have Israel or Jacob. You have Abraham, you have Isaac, and you have Jacob. What does Jacob say? He blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. They walked before. God. The God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. So there you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who walked with God. They believed God. They had faith in God. They pleased God. To have faith means to please God. To have a testimony of that. So what does it mean? What does, what does faith mean as we look at Enoch? He walked with God. We'll, we'll give a few ideas here. There are many that we could give. But as we look at Enoch, if you were to walk with God and you turn to Amos 3.3 and try to get an understanding more of what that is, you must agree with Him. Amos 3.3 ask a question. How can two walk together except they be agreed? When we walk with God, we agree with everything that He believes, or that He is. I mean, we believe He is, right? We believe Him. We believe everything that He says. We agree with, we confess with Him. When we do a confession every Sunday morning as a matter of representing some of our beliefs this morning, it was the triune God, right? We believe that. Although the depth of it, we, we look at all the words that are said about it and it's, you know, it might even be over our heads, but at the same time, we look at Scripture and we see those and we say, I believe it. My human mind cannot comprehend it. But I believe it. There cannot be a close harmony or fellowship whenever there's disagreement. God, I don't believe you on this. I don't believe you're I don't believe that you sent a flood. Well, if we take that out, we might as well just knock out the rest of Genesis. Why don't we just tear out all the pages of the Bible? Does it really mean I don't really believe in your virgin birth? That that sounds ridiculous. And the resurrection? But I believe in God. I believe you exist. But I don't believe in those things that are just too hard to understand. And this deal about Enoch being taken up, that's ridiculous. Well, they don't believe God, do they? They disagree with God. So, to walk with God is agreeing. Do you profess to believe the Bible? 
then are you practicing the Bible? By the way, do you read it? I'm asking this question. I know this is an automatic. You say, yeah, I'll pick it up once in a while. I'm saying, we're here once a week and say, yeah, yeah, that's when I open my Bible up and, and read, read right along. And that's, that's my day. That's my reading. It's my weekly reading. The next question is, yeah, but do you do it every day? Do you walk with God on a daily basis? You can say, well, you know, I just don't feel like reading. I don't care. We don't care. It says to walk with Him. How do you do that? You know who God is by dwelling on His Word. By praying. Praying things that are truth that are out of the Word of God. That's how we commune with God. He communes back with us. We agree with Him. We practice the Bible. Are you living by its precepts? Right? This is dealing with agreeing with God. Everything that we say, everything that we think, everything that we do, our, our conscience is saying, yes, that's what I try to do. I want to do. So one thing, do we agree with God? Secondly, it's treasuring God above all others. Now this is the heart of what we talk about today, really. This is, this is walking with God. It's prizing God. Do we prize Him? Do we treasure Him, right? There's different kinds of faith. There's one that saves, and there's another that condemns. You say, what? I thought faith was believing in God. Yeah, but the demons believe in God and they shudder. There's a true, genuine, saving faith. There's a faith that doesn't save also. The faith that we talk about is what the Bible means. Not some kind of subjective reasoning. Uh, We need to make a delineation between really a, a dead faith and a heartfelt faith, a biblical faith. Do you have a yearning in your soul? Do you pursue Christ? Does, do you treasure Him? Is He at the top of the list always in everything? We do that by prayer. You don't know anybody without spending time with them, right? There's no other way. You say, well, I know them. Yeah, you met them one time. You met them, but you don't know anything about them. Where are they from? I don't know. Oh, you know, are they married? I don't know. Where do they work? Beats me. I don't think you know them, right? You have to have a relationship. You spend time with them. David walked with God, didn't he? Remember David? Says, I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Another thing about communing with God is moving in divine direction. Moving in a godly direction. It's about direction. It's not perfection. Because we'll find out that we're not perfect. We find out we battle sin. But it's moving in the right direction. Not perfection, but right direction. If he's moving this way, he's moving in this truth, that's where I want to move. Another one is trusting and having more and more confidence in him, knowing that what he's always done in the past, he's always come through. I, I can't deny that, can we? We can't he's always come through. Physical needs. 
spiritual needs, emotional needs. He's there. Just look back. You have confidence in that. And the more confidence you have, the more it builds and trust in Him. Another thing it is to walk with God is to keep step with. Now, there are times that we are to follow Him. We know we see those words and He has taken the step and we're the step right behind Him. But there's a sense in walking with Him is an everyday ongoing thing. There, It's kind of like a side-by-side as He says He gives us the paraclete. And that really is to call alongside. How about walk alongside? That's where God wants us, right? Aside with Him. You know in Galatians chapter 5 where you have the fruit of the Spirit and just before that, <clears throat> but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. You cannot be controlled by the flesh if you walk by the Spirit. So we go to Third John 4. What is walking in the Spirit? Third John, right back near, near Revelation, just before Jude. Third John, verse four. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children what walking in the truth, walking in truth day by day. Puritans often would use the word trudging, trudging along. Every day. It's a, it's a marathon. Oh no, walking in truth. Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 2. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave Himself up for us an offering, a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. I think that would key His own, wouldn't it? Walk in love. Walk in truth. Walk in love. Verse 8, chapter 5. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk in the light. Verse 18, chapter 5. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Colossians 3 says, be filled with the Word of God. Filled with the Spirit is the same thing as being filled with the Word of God. Being filled with the Word of God is the same thing as being filled with the Spirit. Well, what Enoch did was walk with God the second thing that he did is that he preached God and God's coming judgment. Look in Jude, verse 14 and 15, just before Revelation. You know, we've seen quite a bit about this man Enoch that only had about a couple of verses or so, right? Jude, 14 and 15. It was about these men, false teachers, that Enoch... In the seventh generation from Adam, these are real people, aren't they? Real generations. 
I think you can go upon those genealogies and be very safe with how the time was laid out. He prophesied saying, this is his message, folks. This is Enoch's preaching. Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of His holy ones to execute judgment upon all <clears throat> and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. His message was dealing with four points. Ungodly. The sinners. The ungodly sinners. Their deeds. Their ways. Their sinners. They were ungodly. He was a preacher. This was his message. He was a preacher of righteousness. He told them over and over again how ungodly they were. They were not the way of God. That's a prophecy of judgment to come. For one thing, I think it's a prophecy of the flood to come. But I think it is pointing to much bigger things. That's pretty big, the flood. But that is resembling the final judgment of God. The wrath of God. There's a day of God, or the day of the Lord, but there's ultimately the day of the Lord in judgment till we get to the time of the day of God, the eternal state. The day of the Lord. By the way, commercial for that Tuesday night, that's what we're dealing with, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Uh, judgment, but He's saying, coming back with the holy ones. That is what is being spoken here in... Um, our Jude passage that the message that he uh, prophesied with, behold the Lord came with many thousands of His holy ones. Speaking in past tense, God is eternal. Speaking past tense is something that hadn't even happened yet. The flood hasn't even happened. The Lord coming back with the holy ones, that could be us, could be the angels, could be both. It's definitely the holy ones, so there's somebody coming back with Him. Wow, I think he's looking long, long down the road. Even more past the hundreds of years to preach judgment was coming. So we look back at our Hebrews and we follow this up now. His faith. Of course, by faith. He's taken up. He was pleasing to God. Talk about that. We'll finish with that here. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So he is a man of faith. He couldn't have pleased God. He wouldn't have been taken up with God unless he had faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We must believe that God exists in a day of, uh, that speaks about evolution constantly. Here it is. You have to believe that God exists. And it's more than just an orthodox theologian here who believes that God exists, but... It's talking about here's a spiritual man. He believes in the living, vital relationship of life with God. And he that comes to God, why do we have to come to God? Well, because we have turned our back on God. We are hiding from God as Adam and Eve hid from God after their sinners. 
They were trying to get away from Him. And He says He comes to God. All those who come to God, He will no wise cast out. There is a sense that we are come to God. He says that He is not far from us. Acts 17. He commands everyone everywhere to repent. Come to Jesus Christ. He that comes to God is one who's at a distance. Naturally, He comes to Him. We must believe that He is. And God is not only one who is and exists, but He is a rewarder of those who come. He will give you eternal life. He gives you salvation. He reconciles us to Him. He adopts us into His family. We are inheritors with Jesus Christ. Everything will be restored. An absolute beautiful fellowship. Proverbs 11.18 says this, To him that seeks righteousness shall be a sure reward. We're guaranteed of a reward, folks. We're guaranteed of the inheritance. Please God. Enoch was known as a God-pleaser. Not a man-pleaser. Remember his message? It's about the ungodly. Do you think that would be favorable in most of the churches today? I would like to think it would be favorable. I'd like to think real positive. But I understand that is not a popular message and it will turn people away if you talk about God coming in judgment and slaying all the wicked. He had his testimony that he pleased God. And he lived so many years back, we can say, yeah, but he had it pretty good then. Everybody was pretty well believers at that time. Mistake. Back to Genesis chapter 6 to give you some kind of situation where Enoch found himself. This is before the flood. Chapter 6, verse 3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. He is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. This is during the time of Noah now. But all this time it was doing this. Uh, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of the man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that He had made man on the earth, and He was grieved in His heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now I suggest that we have to know that Enoch lived in a society in which not everybody was a believing person. He lived in a society that was like us. Far away from God. Exposing it. The evidence of bringing the flood is definitely the opposite of just everything is just going nice. Things have become so bad that finally God had to bring the flood. Waited 120 years. Noah did as he built the ark. Jude had already preached repentance and judgment to the ungodly. Romans 8 8 says this Enoch pleased God. In Romans 8 8, it talks about the natural man. It says this And those who are in the flesh cannot please God, they have no power to please God or to have faith in God. To have faith in God is to please God. To please God is to have 
faith in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. The only way to come to God is to believe. We know that Abel did that. We know that Enoch Enoch did that. They believed God. Enoch picks up the story. He walks the walk of faith for years. He's the model of the promise of heaven. And even the promise of a special deliverance from judgment. We will not be judged for our sins if we trusted in Christ's sacrifice. That's the model of what it means to walk with God. So, we close with this. Very quick closure. I'd like to ask ourselves a question. Are we nearer to God than we were last year? Are we nearer to God than we were two years ago? Are we nearer to God than we were five years ago? Can we, can we say that? If we're not, we have not been walking with God. Can we say that that our character, our measure of, of walking with Him, do we have a walk with Him? A closer walk with Thee, right? This ought to characterize our lives as individuals. A closer walk constantly. More earnestly seeking Him. Are we really reading His Word? Are we looking to read that Word to know who He is? Or do we just come in here and open our Bibles up on Sunday? Uh Uh-huh. And if that's all we do, my job has not been done. I have to encourage you to make sure you are reading for your own walk. It's, It's for all of our walks together, but we individually walk with the Lord. I certainly hope that's characteristic of you that you read Scripture and spend time with Him in prayer to know God intimately. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this marvelous example of walking with God as Enoch portrayed that. And He pleased You. Lord, we sit here right now and we confess that we want to please You. We want to pursue Christ and have Him leading us in every aspect of our lives. As we do that, We are having faith in You in all things. In Your Son's name, by the Holy Spirit's power, we can believe in You in every place that You take us. In Your Son's name, Amen.